Hello everyone and welcome to a special episode of the Veteran Gamers G4TE VG Hub, whatever you want to call it, Skyrim Bonus Cast. I'm Duke Scaff, a.k.a. Eric S. Pichowski, and with me is Big Bad Daddy, a.k.a. Richard Webster. Welcome, Rich, and say hello. Yeah, thanks, Duke. Uh, thanks, Eric. I'm Richard Webster, also known as Big Bad Daddy, on the forums and the modern scene and the podcast and all that stuff. Yeah. And that's the only real sound effect I'm going to do this week because I can overdo it sometimes and I don't want to overdo it this week. No, so, we want to keep it clean. Yeah, exactly. Um, we wanted to talk about some of the stuff that's been going on. You know, it's pretty rare for us to... Okay, first of all, for people who don't know, we did a special podcast about Skyrim several months ago where we went into the whole game, our experiences with it, and other Elder Scrolls games. So if you want a comprehensive retrospective of our relationship to the Elder Scrolls, you need to go back several months and find that. It's a good listen. This episode came about because there have been some new developments, and it's kind of weird for us to be doing a bonus show on top of the comprehensive review we've done about a game that's four years old at this point. But I think that speaks to the longevity of Skyrim and the awesomeness of this whole enterprise. Um, suffice it to say, we've got some more stuff we want to talk about. So, Rich, what got you uh, interested in having more discussions about Skyrim at this point? I think it was the whole communication that Bethesda gave out. They really did a bad job of communicating their idea and the purpose and meaning behind uh, the drive to make mods um, a way of generating revenue for modders and developers and stuff. Yeah, we should and say, for like those that. who don't realize, Bethesda recently came out and said, well, Steam is the one who, I guess, made the launching announcement. They're the first ones I heard it through. Uh, that there would be an option now for mod developers to charge money for mods for Skyrim. And Rich has a particular insight into this because he's made several mods for Skyrim, including Hunting in Skyrim, which is one of the best mods out there. If you haven't played it, you haven't lived, go get it. And <laughs> Thanks. The only thing I know about mods is playing them. I've never programmed them, so I'm looking at it more from the user point of view. Uh, and I'm also a cantankerous malcontent who has everything to say about everything. So that's sort of where we're coming from on the relationship to this whole thing. Um, and my interactions with the whole announcement, oh, oh, as I said on the Veteran Gamers, this move by Bethesda seems to me utterly wrongheaded because it's trying to impose a capitalist model on something that has until now been a totally socialist enterprise. From where I sit, modders do this work because they love it and they want to make Skyrim better for players. Now, maybe that's naive. Rich, why don't you say why you, how you see the whole thing and your initial reactions to Bethesda's announcement? Initially, I was pretty much outright against the idea of people selling their mods and people paying money for mods purely because like you said the community has been so ingrained with the aspect of a free enterprise for so long this going back to when the construction kit was uh, released for Mo Morrowind yeah you know way back way back in 2002 when they right. it was the Elder Scrolls construction set it shipped with the game it basically allowed the users to who played the game to make content with with relative ease depending on how how um how difficult you wanted it to just to, to be and how how many features you wanted to add and things like that and we should point out this is pc only console gamers get bent we're not even talking to you right now yeah basically yeah so i was initially against the idea purely for that reason and my initial concern was that we would see a slew of uh, paid mods that just weren't cutting it in terms of quality you know where it's different from it from like team fortress or dota 2 or something like that where the content is very 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 niche in that it's it's a set of a few handful of things right that don't really deviate from anything creative right. their models or you know things like that whereas with skyrim and oblivion before and morrowind the complexity and the arrangement of, of mods can can convention so broadly it, it's almost like incomprehensible and there are almost an infinite number of ways right to add to the game whether it's the smallest little bush in some unknown forgotten meadow to literally overhauling the game so it's a completely different game like right. 
Uh, like what we've seen, you know, there's uh, Oscura's Oblivion overhaul, like literally changed the game, changed how it was played. Right. Uh, so for those, who, sorry, for those who don't know, um, in Dota 2, you can create items that, you know, make your Drow Ranger look a little different or whatever, right? You can get um, couriers that are pigs instead of donkeys or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, it's all cosmetic stuff. Right, exactly. And the same is true of Team Fortress 2. You can get a shotgun that looks a little different, or you can get a hat that makes you look different. Yeah, basically. Whereas when it comes to Skyrim, there are mods, as you say, that overhaul the whole game in terms of how it's played, and there are mods that can make the game look completely different. I've seen mods where you have anime characters bouncing through Super Mario World, and it just yeah. you wouldn't tell it, you wouldn't know it's Skyrim unless someone told you. Yeah, just the the, the spectrum at which people can create their their ideas or their dreams or their, their dream mod is literally open yeah. to anybody. And and sometimes that's terrifying because if you go look at the adult mods especially, there's some really twisted stuff up there. But oh, you know yeah, what? I mean, hey, that's that goes to show what how depraved the human psyche can be. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> personally, I have those mods uh, blocked on my Nexus so I don't see yeah. them. Because there's so many of those that it drowns out the... Not, I was, not so much the good mods, because it depends, obviously, user. There's a user base out there for that. Oh, yeah, and but, some of them oh, are very technically beautiful. Oh, yeah, don't get me wrong. Some of those guys, as, as, as disgusting or you know, Im, you know, immoral or whatever people want to label it, some of those guys are some of the most talented people I've seen. Yeah, oh, sure. You know, but I, I block that sort of stuff because I, I, that's not something I'm interested yeah, in. Yeah, I'm, right, I'm not beauty. bothered. It's part of the beauty of the Nexus in that it's, it's an open community. You can create as much depravity or as little <laughs> right. depravity as you like, but you can yeah. customize what you see so that you don't see that sort of stuff. So sure. it's quite good. Yeah, absolutely. Now, like I said, my, my initial reaction to this was that it, it was wrong. What, what was your initial reaction like at the moment you heard you it? You know, when I, know I first saw it, my first – right. Well, my first question was, okay, I wonder what's on the workshop now because just to make it clear to people who don't know, Steam has its method of delivering mods, which is known as the Steam Workshop. And this is also where the other place I've mostly explored on the Steam Workshop is in Portal 2 because there are some very interesting – test chambers and there are some mods for portal 2 there's one that's supposed to come out have you heard about this it's like got a person's name it's like kimberly or something are Mm. you familiar with the portal 2 mod anyway it looks like it's like a whole nother adventure which looks very interesting because until now most of the mods for portal 2 have been very basic anyway um the there's also the nexus which is a website where and you have a there's a separate loader you can use to download stuff from the nexus and the nexus is very much open and the guy who runs the nexus has made it clear that they have no interest in ever attaching money to these mods correct me if i'm wrong rich no that that's right that there would never be a paid uh, not that they wouldn't even be allowed really but they have come out and said that they they wouldn't yeah impose a paywall at right. all on the nexus right have you seen that conversation between the nexus guy and gabe on uh reddit i, I um i listened to well, you mean the podcast no there was a on because okay, so as soon as the controversy about this exploded gabe mm. went on reddit and did an ama which means ask me anything if people aren't familiar oh, with yeah, reddit it's yeah. this you know celebrities do it all the time they come on and ask me anything and people yeah, ask questions AMA. AMA, anyway yeah. yeah so the top question for gabe was from the guy who runs the nexus and he said or one of them i don't really know how the government of the nexus works but he's you know there was a very interesting back and forth and it was clear that they both have good intentions they both respect each other it wasn't a flame war it was just this back and forth in terms of here's where i'm coming from and here's where i'm coming from and it's just it's worth having a look so we'll put those in the show notes if people want to take a look so anyway my first thought was okay i wonder if this means some interesting new stuff is going to be available in the workshop and so i went to the workshop main page and i took a look and obviously there had not been a lot of new stuff added because the announcement was you know two hours old or whatever it is so it's not like there's Mm -hmm. going to be a whole lot of stuff people have been waiting for yeah um you know and and in general uh, what my reaction has been basically molded by the reactions I've seen from other people, which is, oh, this is messed up. One person posted online somewhere that uh, this is the beginning of the end for Valve and Steam has been screwing up with early access and, you know, the trading cards are stupid and this is just the end, the nail in the coffin. I feel like that's ridiculous and overblown. Um, and, yeah, so that's kind of how I see it. And And what about you? How has your yeah, I mean, uh, reaction sort of evolved over time? It sounds like it's different now than it used to be. Yeah, and I think that in part is down to the communication between Bethesda themselves and the community that 
a lot of people sort of had their minds changed or eased as the days went on because Bethesda did a blog post. Right. Uh, there, was, there was a lot more information coming down from Bethesda and Valve regarding it, whereas there was nothing before the launch at all. And right. there was a very, very, very small number of modders that were handpicked by Bethesda to have a mod launch with the Nexus, uh, with the sorry, with the workshop uh, paid mod scheme. Right. And they had to sign a thingy to say like or whatever that they couldn't talk about it so which is why that went on the day there were mods because it took time for a mod to be available for sale so the mm -hmm. fact that there was some on, on launch is because those people were handpicked people like Arthmore okay who um he I don't I don't know are you familiar with Arthmore as, I don't as think in, I am his name he made the alternate start mod oh okay live another live life. life I love that live mod. another life yeah. Yeah, yeah works on works on the unofficial patches yeah yeah um and a few other little like convenient ones like so did um, you, sorry go ahead no, it's just uh, mods like um, when vampires attack. And oh, that's a good one. That causes people to run inside when there's a vampire attack so that Adrienne in Whiterun doesn't get killed by a vampire. And then you're like, no, she can't die. She's too awesome. Exactly. And, uh, and they also asked Chesco, who is actually a game developer, like an indie, indie studio developer. Right. He made Frostfall. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Which is the and, one uh, where you get hypothermia if you're out in the cold for too long. Exactly. So he launched his mod. I think it was Arisha. Um, no, it wasn't Arisha. It was like a, I think it was like a companion mod or something. He launched that, and Arthmore launched a, a castle castle Valkyrie mod that allowed oh, yeah, it okay. to sort of. He's actually launched that today for free on the Nexus. Nice, as well. So these people were sort of took took along for the ride, and then when it exploded, the the announcement on the internet. These people had obviously been told a few things beforehand, so they yeah. were a bit more up for the idea, whereas nobody else was told and had no clue, really, what was mm. going on. And I think my mind was changed after the Bethesda blog post that okay. explained why... I guess I haven't decided. seen this. For those like me who haven't read it, what did Bethesda say in their blog post and how did it change your mind? Well, they, they explained why they gave it a shot because Bethesda had the attitude... Later on, they, they basically said, um, guys, this is just something we wanted to try. Right. We'd never done it before, and we wanted to give it a go. Now, what's interesting is, I'm, I mean, not placing blame or whatever, but it was actually Valve's idea to do this. This wasn't Bethesda's idea. See, I think Gabe said something else in his AMA. Well, the, the quote from the Bethesda blog, I mean, we, we weren't in the room, so... You so know. I'm looking at it. Sorry, I'm looking at it now. Uh, Bethesda blog. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why do you need my birth date? Come on, Bethesda. Um, yeah. So the the, <laughs> the thing early on in the in the blog, it's uh, this is a quote. It says that in our early discussions regarding the workshop with Valve, they presented data showing the effect paid user content has had on their games, their okay. players, and their modders. All you. of it hugely positive. They showed quite clearly that allowing content creators to make money increased the quality and choice that players had. They asked if we could consider doing the same. Huh, interesting. See, okay, because what Gabe says, all right, so I mentioned that the uh, Robin, the owner of the Nexus Mods website, did yeah. it, you know, was part of this AMA with Gabe. And in response, so Robin's first question was, um, can you make a pledge that Valve are doing everything to prevent and never allow the DRMification of modding either by Valve or blah, 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 blah. Um, and then Gabe says, in general, we are pretty reluctant to tell any developer they have to do something or they can't do something. It just goes against our philosophy to be dictatorial. Um, we'd be happy to tell developers that we think they're being dumb, and that will sometimes help them reflect on it a bit uh, in the case of the Nexus, blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, yeah. obviously that's not – we don't know – he doesn't say whose idea it was, but if you if they say that it was Valve's idea, okay. Well, it's something that they presented, and this, I think, is where the whole idea just went absolute tits up. Right. Because Valve were presenting information to Bethesda based on, one, their own games, which are completely different to Skyrim. Yeah, that's true. Their own modding community, which is, again, completely different from Skyrim. Right. right. And their modding community was brand new pretty mm -hmm. much whereas skyrim slash oblivion slash morrowind is very seasoned they yeah. these guys have been doing it for a long time it's established they, they were presenting a fairly new model into into an existing community that had been going for a decade right. or more than a decade right that's where the idea fell down because they tried to copy paste the same sort of model from one game or one community to another without 
actually discussing it with the community at large. Right. So in your mind, just out of curiosity, and for those who don't know, this has been yanked off of, there's an update on this Bethesda blog post that says, after discussion with Valve and listening to our community, paid mods are being removed from Steam Workshop. The feedback has been clear. This is not a feature you want, blah, blah, blah. Um, mm -hmm. So if you were had been in charge of this whole affair, Rich, how how would it have been done differently? I think I would have held some sort of Q&A. Okay. And gauged and information from the community. Now, it's something to bear in mind is that the, the petition that was raised to get rid of this system, um, I guarantee the majority of that list were people that used mods, not people that created mods. Yeah, that's a good Those point. Those 300,000 people or whatever it was, yeah. there just aren't 300,000 um, veteran modders. Oh, of course that, not. The, whose opinion would carry weight. Do you know right, what I mean? right. Every everyone's, everyone's opinion matters, but the ones that would carry weight and the ones that have an educated and experienced reply, there just weren't enough of those people. Well, there never are, of course, and I would dare say that's true here. And especially ironic because a lot of the people objecting to it were doing so on behalf of, supposedly on behalf of developers and saying, they're going to get ripped off. And blah, blah, blah. So the yeah. idea that they're going to be arguing against something that actually some developers might be in favor of and to, to their downfall i'm i would probably say that uh, valve should never have released the information as to what the split was that was a mistake the, the community should never have found out what that split is sorry that split being which the people percentage knew about of, what, of the money that each of them get oh, that, the percentage. oh yeah, yeah, yeah right 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 that sort of stuff should be left behind the door that's not for really for the mod users to know it's not for it's not really the mod users business yeah and here's in in that blog post. Here's what Bethesda had to say regarding that split, because a lot of a lot of the people complaining used it as a defense to say it's not fair because of this because of this percentage. Now, thirty percent of the revenue generated would have gone straight to Valve. Mm. A lot of people were like, "Oh, Valve greedy bastards." Bethesda said that this is the standard across all digital distribution services. That's okay. that's Valve's cut on all of it. The, the impression that I got is that's Valve's cut on everything that's on Steam in general okay. or whatever. Right. And it said, we the, think Valve deserves this. No debate for us there. Yeah. Now, they said the remaining split, 25% went to the modder, 45% went to Bethesda. Yeah. And that was Bethesda's choice. Right. The percentage, like that percentage was their decision. Now, they said there's arguments on both sides for whether that's right or wrong. But what they've said is that that's a kind of a current industry standard. Now... Industry standard for like a publisher releasing something that an indie developer's made. It doesn't actually say, but what I infer from it is the industry standard for what a developer will pay a, a third party okay. to create content for their for game. Their, so if I'm if I okay, so if I have a little tiny production studio and I go to Bioshock Infinite or I go to you know whoever Christ who is it who made Bioshock or, Infinite? Oh um. The team that made Bioshock Infinite. 2K, the publisher. Right, exactly. So if I were to go to them and say, look, I'm interested in maybe making some DLC for that game, if they agreed to it, then they would get, I would get 25% of the revenue and they would get 45. That would be the industry standard for that. Yeah, and then Valve okay. will get the 30 for right. allowing it to be on their servers, basically. Gotcha. Or if we did it for something that went through Xbox or Sony, it would they would get that Valve share or whatever. Yeah, there'd be a okay. cut there, definitely. I mean, we know that Xbox is like, what I read a long time ago that of the forty pounds that a game you pay for a new game, right. ten pounds of that goes towards the Xbox license to have it on the console. Yeah, sure. Which is why ten pounds is like PC games are usually ten pounds cheaper on PC. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, so so they they explain the cut in this blog post, which kind of makes sense to me. Right. The twenty five percent is very small. Right. When you look at it from a business perspective, it kind of makes sense. So let me ask you this. As a developer, do you think you would want to do this? You would want to charge for a mod at some point? I think it would be interesting to try it out yeah. with, with, in the back of your mind that this is the reason that I am doing it because a lot of, a lot of modding is, is based on good faith right? Um, a, a, a joy to do. It, mm -hmm. It's fun and it's something to give back to the community and share. Right. But there are some ideas that people have, and this is an argument that people have had for the idea that they might not have the incentive or the time right. or, you know, they might not really feel like it, but they have a cool idea. Sure. With the incentive that they might make a few quid, you know, 
that might make might push them to make these mods that might otherwise have never been created. Yeah, sure. And that that's that's one side of the argument is that it might not necessarily be oh I'm just going to start charging for hunting in Skyrim now. Right. It might be. But instead, oh, I you know I've I've wanted to build a, this town for right. years now. I'm, I might right. start making it now. Sure. I would never have made that town otherwise. And yeah. And that's another thing to think about as well now. What people have suggested in the community, and this probably would have been a good way to go for this, because it was such an such a veteran community that had these ideals embedded in them for mm-hmm. over a decade. Mm-hmm. Rather than having a price set on the mod to download, it should default to zero right. and have a kind of humble bundle thing where you pay what you think is deserved. Right, what it deserves. That makes sense. So rather than having it buy now for $6, right. it would be buy now and then it pops up. Yeah. Do you want to give any money? Suggested price or whatever it is. Yeah, like the the developer of this mod has suggested two dollars. Mm-hmm. Do you want to pay something? Sure. And and, and that, I like, think I think that would like. make sense, and it would also be less vitriolic in terms of the response it would get probably from the community, because 100%. I think the community just got mad partly because it's a change. Communities don't like change at all, but True. partly yeah. because. You know, I think that video gamers, for whatever reason, are especially ready to lash out with horrible acid in their breath whenever anybody purports to represent a perspective that they think is greedy. Now, that's weird to me because, you know, I mean... The video games are essentially, for the most part, a capitalist enterprise. And the idea that, you know, Bethesda's not trying to make money off these video games is just absurd. Of course they are. Now, as they point out in this blog post, this is not a money-making enterprise. And I'll take them at their word that they probably wanted to, you know, let's say they wanted to get mods more diverse and dynamic. Um, I don't know. I feel like it's an interesting thing to hear you say that and and it's a good point too that you know if somebody look if somebody does tech support whatever as their day job and then at night they come home and work on mods if they could say to their tech support job look i want to go down to half my hours because i'm going to develop this new quest mod or falscar you know whatever it is for mm-hmm. those who don't know falscar is a really cool quest mod that i haven't even installed yet but one of these days i'm going to get to it man helgen yeah. reborn's a really good quest mod have you played that I have. It's fantastic. Oh, it's so well done. So, yeah, if somebody were to say, I'm going to do a mod like that, and, you know, I'm going to cut back my hours at work because I think that the money that I get from this mod will pay for that. I think that is a, a good point in terms of it being an incentive for someone making that kind of mod. Mm-hmm, definitely. And there's one of the developers of mods for, I think it was Counter-Strike, came out and said that he now gets to do what he loves to do. Yeah. Make maps for Counter-Strike. Right. I get paid for it. Yeah. It's like his dream type sure. of thing. Sure. And one of the things that the community came out and spoke against was the DR- DRM thing, which you mentioned earlier. Yeah. Now, that sort of decision would be down to Bethesda, as was said by Gabe, where mm. they don't tell developers what they can and cannot do. Right. So the quote from, I'm not sure where this is from, this might be from the blog, but it says that um, some are concerned that this whole thing is leading to a world where mods are tied to one system. DRM'd are not allowed to be freely accessed. Mm-hmm. That is the exact opposite of what we stand for. Not only do we want more mods, easier to access, we're anti-DRM as far as we can be. Most people don't know, but our very own Skyrim DLC has zero DRM. Really? Yeah. Hey, can... that reminds me, after we record this podcast, I need to talk to you about something completely unrelated, because I think you have the DLC for Skyrim, and I only have one of them, and I need the others. So, But okay. that's not... That's I don't know why I just thought of that. It's completely unrelated. So. <laughs> that's that's really. Um, it says they shipped Oblivion with no DRM. Huh. I mean, they they had they had secure on, but there was no like have to be online. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. No, they've never done that. Yeah. Yeah. So so they're not there. EA certainly. And the, with Bethesda, I do take them at their word that they wanted to. They didn't want to cap capitalize as such and make a cash grab at this. Right. Right. As a business, some people at Bethesda's. Um, publisher or, comp- or parent company, Zenimax, have probably said, guys, we make a ton of money off the PC versions of Skyrim and stuff. We could make money off the mods that people are making. Somebody, look at look at Falscar, look at Frostfall, these guys. Imagine the money we could make. Right, if we had, because, you know, if they, I, I can, we can look it up. If, if we got a cent for each download of Falscar. Yeah, exactly. And the, what they've probably thought of is what's the best way to implement this into the community. Right. Without doing that, and I think it's it's the PR guys and the guys 
that at Bethesda Softworks that didn't really want to make the ca- the ca- the you know the cash grab type of thing. Right. And to be honest, I wasn't surprised that they took it down, but I was surprised that they took it down so quickly. Mm. Because they were talking, or there was rumblings of making that pay what you want system. Oh yeah, and it just never saw light because. Do it you took think down. that it, it it's not possibly the type of thing where they're taking it down and then they'll put it back up in some other form? You think it's just done? They've come out and said that they they haven't come out and said that this won't happen again. Right. But what they've said is that they appreciate the feedback and they've yeah. listened and. In a couple of the threads at the Skyrim forums, you can imagine people were still kicking off about this. Even today, of people course. are still going nuts over it. Of uh, the, the community lead for Bethesda, Matt Grandstaff, he's actually come into the into some of these threads and posted like, huh. "Guys, we appreciate all the feedback. You know, we are. I'm reading these. We are listening." And I think that's really good. You know, it's really telling that Bethesda are a developer that really listen. There's a lot of things in because I followed the Skyrim development right from the announcement, everything yeah. down down to the smallest thing. And there was a few things that users cropped cropped up. I don't know if you remember it towards uh, the beginning of the mod cycle for Skyrim, but there was a mod that increased the performance of the CPU. Um, It was something to do with the compiler. Okay. It was called like, um, what was it called now? It was like Skyrim... Because I had a thing called Hyago Boost. That wasn't what you're talking about, is it? No, it was before that. I can't remember the name of it Well, anyway, we can call it... It basically put the mod, the, the game through a, like a, a, an after-game c- compiler type thing. Oh, I gotcha. That improved the efficiency. And you could, basically, most people got double the frame rate wow. in like the heavy places like Whiterun and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And Bethesda looked at what that guy did and implemented they it implemented into it, yeah. one of the that patches. I think it was 1.4. Nice. So the Bethesda are a developer that listen. And going yeah. back to what you were saying earlier, that people in the internet and people in the community will always like, will literally kick off over anything. Yeah. I remember, I mean, let's, let's you know, get it down to the basics. Skyrim has done very well for Bethesda. Oh, yes. They made a lot of money, a lot of fans. Well, is it fair to say this is the best, the most well-received game they've ever made? This is, yeah, this is by far probably the most successful game they've ever developed and yeah. published. Um, I think people don't even really complain about the game anymore probably because mods are so thing you know so much so much mm. there and ever, there's so many mods but right. early on when when Bethesda were announcing little bits and bobs before the release date there was fucking people go mental over stuff like they took away a lot of the skills yeah um they dumbed down a lot of the stuff oh yeah and just them. the kinds of quests i know a lot of people have been critical about you know in oblivion you had quests where it was like oh you know this ring is at the bottom of this lake and then it turns out it's a ring that makes you unable to swim or whatever and like you know and then the one town was invisible everyone turned invisible and you had to deal with that like there was a lot more creativity i think in the oblivion quests yeah and whereas in skyrim it's mostly hey my family lost their shield in this you know tomb go get it watch out for draugr and then another guy will say hey my family lost the sword in this tomb go get it and watch out for draugr yeah there is a lot of that but leading up to it that there was a lot of kicking off about that and People got over it. Yeah. Oh, sure. People, you know, Sky- I think Skyrim, yeah, it's not quite as dice rolly D&D or whatever as Morrowind right. is. Right. Um, Oblivion was a much more streamlined version of Morrowind yeah. and Skyrim a streamlined version of Oblivion. And people were complaining about the streamlining, saying it was being dumbed down for consoles. Yeah. But I think Skyrim worked great on its own. It stands It oh, stands yeah. up on its own. Oh, I agree. You know, and it, it's, a, it's a well-balanced game. Even out of the box, it's probably one of the best developed games they've released. Oh, yeah. Um, in terms of the content that's in there, because Skyrim's full of shit to do. Oh yeah, absolutely jam packed, more oh, so yeah. than Oblivion. Oblivion is almost like a wasteland. It is. That's a good point. I think that yeah, I agree. And and I think people were too quick to jump on Bethesda's neck on this and not give them the benefit of the, of the doubt. Mm. But to be honest, there, there was a few things that the community, the people in the community, did that. A lot of people didn't agree with. I don't know if you heard about this, Duke, and I will call this mod out because this guy, I really don't agree with what he did. Mm-hmm. The guy who created Midas Magic. I've never used it, but I've seen it. It's one of the most popular sort of magic overhaul mods that there yeah. is. It's been going for a long time. Been getting updates over the years, blah, blah, blah. The guy released a paid version on Steam Workshop. I go. I don't know if he was one of the people that was originally asked or whatever. I don't know. But he released a paid version on the workshop. Right. And then he updated his free one on the Nexus that created a pop-up. 
that come up in the game with a, it was like a percent chance every time every so often when you cast a spell what? it would pop up telling you to buy the full version oh my god no he did not that yeah. sucks and people were kicking off saying you absolute dickhead and he was basically just saying fuck yous who cares <laughs> Yeah, See, that's and that gives fuel to the fire of the people who are opposed to this because they're like, this is what it's going to be. And it's funny because I was actually looking up. Okay, so I looked up File Scar. It has 896,000 unique downloads. If we apply the form, if we, if we had, if they got one cent for each of those downloads, that would net eight, uh, sorry, $89,680 for the, um, no, no, sorry, $8,968. I'm bad at math. But if the developer then got 25% of it, that would be $2,200. That's for one penny for each download of that mod. Yeah, and I... I That's a good of, bit of money. In terms of the, the what the money should... What the money should have been, and the the the, the value of that quality, you know, the, the mods and the quality and the value and all that stuff, people were just testing the water, just like Bethesda were yeah. with the horse armor. Oh right, sure. It was it was one of the first downloadable contents available for Xbox, and they yeah. got slated for it because they they didn't know how to price DLC. Oh sure. So I would say that Falscar is probably worth about five dollars. If if Dawn Guard and and Dragonborn are worth ten, then this is certainly worth ten. I mean, I haven't even played it, but I'm like, you know. I don't know. I don't think the Dragonborn was amazing. I thought it was good. It's certainly worth ten dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So, and and that, that's that's what people weren't really prepared for because people were charging like six ninety nine for a mod. Yeah. When the game is for twenty dollars, right? It's like, or last weekend it was for five or whatever. Yeah, it's like where does the where does the value get drawn? But right. Exactly. That guy that did that pop-up, that pissed me off. Of course. That's the wrong way to do it. And that reminded me of, on the Nexus, they have ads. And when you have ad blocker on, it says, look, no one likes ads, but that's how we get our money. I mean, let's be honest. The Nexus needs money to function. So if if there was a, you know, I mean, I, I respect the fact they don't want to do a paywall. But the, the, the point remains that money has to come from somewhere. And if we're not willing to pay for it as, I mean, look, I, you're not going to find someone more dedicated to the idea that we can create things of value without having to pay people to do it. I mean, I'm a hardcore Wikipedia editor. I've done 13 mm-hmm. featured articles for the love of knowledge, right? I'm a high school yeah. English teacher. You don't do that because you love money. But I also recognize that, you know, I, I get paid to be a teacher. You know, there is a salary associated with that. I couldn't afford to do it just for the love of knowledge. Right, so it seems to me like yeah, that's something that could accrue to developers of the games you love as well. Mm -hmm. And Chesco, who um, who I've spoken to since we've 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 talked a few times like about interaction between Hunting and Skyrim and uh, and Frostfall. Yeah, um, and a few bits and bobs here and there, and he's helped me out quite a lot with some because he's a he's a that guy is very clever, Mm. very very smart man in terms of his programming and stuff. He blows my mind sometimes. he said that the mod that he put for, on the paywall on Steam, he was gonna what he was gonna try and do because again this is new for the Elder Scrolls community. Yeah. He said what he would probably do is have it up as an exclusive for maybe thirty to sixty days. Interesting. And, and then put it on the Nexus for free. Yeah, that makes sense. And, uh, you know, a couple of other people said something very similar. And sure. again, this is just something that Bethesda tried for the very first time, and they right, didn't really get right. a lot of time to iron out the problems that were with it. Sure. Um. And, and that's the, the thing, DRM right? Issue like, and the, the people stealing mods was a problem that right. wasn't really looked into. Right. And I mean, look, the way I looked at it when I first heard about it, I was like, you know, ah, that seems kind of dumb. But, but again, like, I'm, I'm always committed to recognizing that, you know, what I'm not going to have a fully formed opinion as soon as the thing exists. And I think one of the biggest problems that people have on the internet is they make up their mind about something and then they stick to it like it's their goddamn baby's name. And they're like, I can't back out from this thing. Like, I can't. Nobody on the internet ever says, that's kind of an interesting point. I hadn't thought about it like that. Mm. It's very rare that you find people that are actually open-minded. Right. And not so stubborn. And and I'm one of the people that had their minds changed by Bethesda's blog post. Oh, sure. Because I saw their point of view. They They yeah. did it for many reasons. They tried it for a number of reasons. And they openly admitted they, that they made mistakes, and I, yeah. I, I have a lot of respect for them for that. Right. You know, they could have just left it up and just ignored the community. Sure. And it'd still be going on now, and we'd still have mods with pop-ups. 
And the, and the the problem with, I mean, one of the problems of potentially of how they reacted is people might say, well, look, this this shows that they're weak and they back down right away as soon as some people got cranky. Or people might say, look, we can get Bethesda to do whatever we want. Now we got to choose to do, you know, the next Elder Scrolls game should be free or whatever. Like, yeah. I, and I think that's ludicrous. I think that it's a good way for Bethesda to say, look, we heard what you think. We want to, you know, give you what you want and that sort of thing. But I also think that the door should be open if they want to try it in a different way, not to, again, not to be absolutist about it. And the other thing I would say is, you know, this all makes me think about the current state that journalism is in, not just video game journalism, but all kinds of journalism, because journalists are caught in this bind. There is more access to information than ever before, but we still need journalists to go out there, for instance, and cover wars or to, you know, look through the police ledgers and, you know, do the digging that is required for us to get stories that yeah. don't appear by themselves. But nobody wants to pay for news anymore. Google News and, you know, New York Times has to give their stuff away. And it's just it's a really paradoxical situation because we're reaching a point where the people who make the content aren't getting paid what they should but everybody is assuming that the world is going to come to them for free. And that that's the, the other side of it is that what, when you give so much free content to suddenly then try and charge for it is yeah. going to grate on people without sure. them having the full story. But even with the full story, you know, Bethesda, Bethesda mod users are some of the most, some of them are some of the most entitled people you will ever come across. Oh, sure. I've seen posts by people in, in people's mods where they've literally been demanding they, the, the modder change this or do that. <laughs> Completely forgetting the fact that this guy just decided to do this for himself. Yeah, and right. Sh and share it with people. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Oh, sure. I mean, all mod most mod developers, I would say maybe 90-something percent, are always open to suggestion. Yeah. Because they share it with people right. for the love of pe other people getting enjoyment out yeah, of exactly. it. And if, and if they can make it better or change it in a way that will improve, that they then they will. But yeah. some, modders, uh, some mod users do think it's their they you know they have the right to demand because right. it's now they it, they see it as almost like a product and they're a customer well it's interesting because it actually that reminds me of this nigerian writer named chimamanda ngozi adichie and she said that one of the most interesting interactions she ever had after publishing her first book was that this woman came up to her and said i loved your book i didn't like the ending you need to write a sequel and here's what needs to happen in it and she pointed out that okay that's adorable it's not going to happen but it shows that people are invested with the characters and the story in a way that means that they feel like they're partly, um, you know, they not really own it, but they have some sort of investment in it. And I think that's true also of mods. Now, the, 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 the line that people don't recognize they're crossing is the idea that, yeah, they get to determine how it goes and they get to make demands, like you said, entitlement, this mm. notion that like, yeah, you know, because I've used it, therefore I am like a beta tester for you. I'm providing the feedback that you need and I'm telling you the way it needs to go. And they're forgetting that this person has also heard probably from 500 other people who have different suggestions or some of the same suggestions that they have. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing, you, you can't please everyone. And oh, what's yeah. interesting is some of the things that have come out since, like um, a lot of people weren't happy with how Skyrim was streamlined or whatever. Right. They complained, but yeah, it still sold massively. And it's probably oh, yeah. the, it is the most successful game they've probably published and, oh, yeah. and developed. Um, unless you maybe count Doom, I don't know. You know, overall. Yeah, right. I don't know. But yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, sorry, just before we move on. What can you give us from the perspective of someone who's made mods? What's the most unusual or interesting feedback you've ever gotten from a user? Um, I think it's when <laughs> I've I've had some funny feedback in the past. Yeah. Um, I've had a lot of people ask me where to start my mod. Uh huh. Um, even though it says like in the description right. where to go. Yeah. Um, I've had a lot of people ask Are me, you saying people don't read the description? How dare you, sir? Yeah, believe it or not, not a lot of people <laughs> read the description. Uh, even in the bold red stuff. Right. Um, I've had a guy, probably the one of the, the most, like, just craziest ones is, I'll be talking, there's a, there's a couple of people um, who use my mod who I will shout out. I'll just get their names up now. Because there's a few that keep have been coming back for like a year or two, um, offering ideas, suggestions. We've been working together to make it better. One guy called Macrads, mm. um, 
another guy called Felon. There's a few on there, and I've even put a credit in my on my mod website mm. to them for their ideas. Nice. Uh, I will be chatting with them back and forth on the comment section, talking yeah. about what's coming or how I'm going to implement a new feature. And some guy will post saying, "Is this mod Steam still being developed?" They will literally <laughs> ignore the comment below. <laughs> you know, they'll just blatantly just not read it, and yeah. those. Those people just get ignored. I've got oh, no sure. time. I don't blame you. You know what I mean? So, uh, But there are some people do make some funny comments. Yeah. And again, I think that sort of points to the obliviousness, no pun intended, but I mean, you know, oblivion, eh? Uh, that a lot of people have of the fact that, you know what, this it's like Donnie and the Big Lebowski. Like, you're coming into the middle of a conversation, but you think that everyone should stop and suit your, you know, lack of awareness and individually rather than requiring you to come along and do some work. And it's inter it's ironic because the whole idea of mods is that you're going to do a little work to make this game which is done and works fine even better. And mm -hmm. I that was the thing that sort of scared me away from mods at first because I was just like I'm going to break something. Um it's my computer's going to blow up especially because when I started all this I was using uh, you know Windows 7 on a boot camp partition on my Mac mini. So I was especially nervous about messing with things, but eventually I realized, you know what, this isn't that hard. Kind of like the whole adjusting my video card thing later, but whatever. And it, it, I think, but I think the process of doing that made me realize, you know what, look, it's there isn't an instruction manual. It's not all going to be handed to me. It's not just pushing one button. It's going to require me getting to know the way that the Nexus installer works, the way that the SKSE works, the way that, you know, different components work. And now that I've got ENBs running, I'm figuring out how those work. So, mm -hmm. you know, but 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 I think a lot of people, especially younger users, let's not be overly generalizing, but let's not hide from the truth that a lot of young people have this attitude of like, just give it to me now and I just want an answer I mean, you look. You call on Yahoo Answers. There's all sorts of people like, ah, just out of curiosity, what's one of the major themes that exists in, you know, Hamlet? And it's clear that they're just trying to do homework, but they don't feel like doing the work, so they're just so whatever. I think that's a big problem among users of all sorts of things, and probably especially mods. Yeah, there's there's plenty of stuff that I've seen on my comments sections and other people's where people just blatantly don't give a toss about the. 12 or 24 hours you spent making a website right or you know the 10 hours you spent perfecting a description yeah. or even the time you took to make a post and pin it to the top of your comments mm -hmm. list they just don't care they don't give a shit they don't yeah. read it they right. just ask you a question that they could have checked for themselves right and i make those people wait indefinitely oh sure do you know i i took the time to give them the answer already if yeah. they don't have if they don't want to give the time to find it that's on them there's a great picture of this professor in college who has this button-down shirt, and he's pulling it open, and on the shirt beneath it, it says, It's in the syllabus! And I think that resonated with a lot of people because, you know, as a teacher, I can tell you that a lot of times I'll write up instructions for an assignment, hand it to the student, and have them come to me at the end of class and go, so what are we doing for this? And I just know they didn't read it. You're like, what is wrong with you? So I think if nothing else, this whole experience is helping developers to understand what teachers go through. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my, my, a, fr a friend of mine, um, she, I, I, won't, can't, I don't think I can go into too much detail, but she does teaching. Yeah. And um, she does the same thing where, like, she'll she'll – basically give the students like a, a, the the coursework uh, what you know the, the case study and everything else and they'll literally come to her with a question that's in the title of the coursework like <laughs> yeah well, it'll say something like um in this state what happened and they'll go what what state is it in but it'll be in the <laughs> title it's just yeah some right. people just don't read i think it I, I think a lot of it is to do with the the, the fact that information is readily available so quickly yeah. these days that we're, oh, we're sure. You know, people like me and you, Duke, we, we had to go to the library in school and look mm -hmm. up books. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I remember going to going to um, a library because I was doing a history project and I had to bring out like five books on castles because there was no internet. It didn't right, exist. Right, right. You know, and you had to find the answer yourself. And I think mm -hmm. pe people are, um, are spoiled, I think, these days with sure. that. And don't, you know, the, the whole they don't know they're born type shit. <laughs> Do you know what right, I mean? Right, And I think that definitely feeds into the modding that these people just think that they can get the answer straight away and, and right. it's the same the same thing goes i think um you know uh it goes over to their opinion of the of whole paid modding thing initially mm -hmm. that they thought that what they were getting was the end and that this is the way it is and it was gonna, not going to change and right. it was open for change it they 
they were going to mold it to however it was going to work. See, and I think that's an interesting point because I think that the more simplistic you see the world, the more you see things just in terms of, not to be ridiculous, but binary possibilities. Either it's going to happen or it's not. Right. And I think that that's a foolish and simplistic and childlike way to look at the world, because the world is always and forever a dynamic, fluid process. And if history's taught us anything, it's that the world can be malleable and we, we can and should affect the way the world works. But we should not do it in terms of either it's going to be everything that I want or it has to be nothing. And I yeah, think that's how a lot that's... of people reacted to this. And that's the problem, I think, with the, the community. Because the scouting community is so large, Yeah. everyone wanted their voice heard. Right. And, you know, I, I have a lot of respect for Bethesda for coming out and trying this. Yeah. Uh, I just think they they should have done it in a in a much smarter way. Right. Which, obviously, right. in hindsight is a wonderful thing. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. And hopefully, you know, yeah, if they learn for the future, you know, yeah. What can, and, you know, I think that maybe this is an interesting thing to see. I don't know. Do you think it relates in any way to the way the Elder Scrolls Online has been done? Because it seems to me like that's on its way to being free-to-play at some point. Do you think that we'll see a free-to-play version of the Elder Scrolls Online? Not just you don't have to pay a monthly fee, but, like, the game itself will be free. For Elder Scrolls Online? Yeah. I think possibly. I think... The the issue with that is that usually the free version of an MMO is ridiculously difficult to become good at and grind right, at because right. there's just so much grinding. Yeah. You know, but there are successful, you know, MMOs that work like that. You know, Lord of the Rings Online is completely free. Yeah. And that's it, a good I mean, game. I it's a ball like to try and, I mean, you literally have nothing and it, it, it is a bit of a ball like to start, but you can play the game completely free and explore yeah. the world. Right. I think it might be an interesting way to go. And I think, user-generated content could work in right. an Elder Scrolls Online world. In the, It depends really how much change they're willing to allow. Mm. But, I mean, I think there are already mods for... Because I wonder Elder if, Scrolls yeah, Online. like, if that's a type of environment where there isn't that same dedication to, like... You know, there isn't the same establishment of, you know, uh, modding existing beforehand. And that might be an area where they could give it a try with some different model... That isn't the sort of same, you know, sort of enshrined, uh, yeah, free, open, wild west type thing that the Skyrim mm. mods have been. And one of one of the one of the criticisms of the system was that there was no quality control. Right. You know, like someone could launch a mod and you had no way to try it beforehand to know if it was mm. any good, and it could have been absolutely shit. It could have been completely false for what it was. Right. They allowed you to get a refund, um, but I, I read that the refund actually went to your Steam wallet instead of back into your bank. Oh, interesting. Which was a bit underhanded i guess right um so the quality control and i think if, if they did it with with more of a quality control in mind it would probably one thing it would it would make the modders that wanted to just grab a quick a quick book here and there it would deter them probably because they realized that if they put this mod up it was going to get quality tested before it gets old and if it's shit or right. broken it well won't i mean get let's sold. let's take it to the larger Steam question. I mean, there's no quality control on the games you buy on Steam, right? But that's okay because, you know, you watch Let's Plays and you read reviews and stuff. Like, caveat emptor is the motto of Steam in general, but that's okay. Like, I don't see people complaining because there's shit games on Steam. Of course there's shit games on Steam. Yeah, but like you said, the, the internet and, and the community and just human beings in general yeah we all we all have something to say about everything so even right. on the day of launch of a game whether you've got professional journalistic reviews right. or you know angry joe kicking yeah. off or whatever <laughs> someone will have something to say about that game so sure. it's always there and i think the same would have been available for modders i'll tell you this i've i've changed my approach to steam games more from the user reviews than anything else if it says mixed i'm just i'm like no i'm not even gonna look at it yeah, and I, I'll, I mean, I'll that might be you know. short-sighted. I think that might be me being exactly like I was just complaining about, people looking at things either in yes or no, but it's true. Well, I, th I think it's about your time, isn't it? What's your time oh, worth? Yeah, and sure. is your time worth a mixed-reviewed game? Right. It is exactly. for some people. Some people have a lot of time. But right, and the other thing I'm, is I'll always look to see what they're 
complaining about. I would go right for the negative reviews and I see, okay, what is the beef? Because sometimes it's just, you know, oh, the voice acting isn't very good. I'm like, I don't really care about that too much. You know what I mean? Like, if I want to know if the gameplay is good. And sometimes people will be like, this is exactly like this other game. And therefore, I'm giving it a negative review because there's nothing new. And I'll go, I love that other game you're comparing it to. I'm going to get this. I've bought games, like, out of spite sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I, I do exactly the same thing, mate. I look to the, the user reviews and I'll, if it's overwhelming, overwhelmingly positive, I generally don't read them. Right. If right, it's yeah, uh, yeah. if it's mixed, I'll have a look and like you said, if I'll read. If it's like if they're giving negative reviews because they say, oh, this developer, um, they did such and such on such and such website, and I didn't like it. So yeah, right. Or reviews. it's like uh, it crashed and I couldn't get my money back. Or whatever. I'm like, I suspect that maybe something you've done wrong or whatever. It yeah, is. I don't things assume. Like that. I mean, if and there's I a bunch of those, okay, maybe I'll be cautious or whatever. But. And a good rating system, I think, would have worked really well for this. Right, the, and that's right. That's month. the thing I was gonna say. Is that sorry, I keep like I'm cutting you off, but like I think that that shows that again, you know, the community has ways of dealing with things that are imperfect about a capitalist approach to things. So <laughs> as much as I complain about capitalism, I want to make it clear that I think there are some benefits to it. And as you say, you know, those developers who want to make a mod but can't you know bear to not go to work or whatever this could give them that you know financial foundation that could make it more possible for them to do new things so definitely it's it's not really about there there are things where the a modder might decide okay we're going to take their mod down from all the other websites yeah. like the nexus right, or right, the right, exactly. alliance but there there, are, there will be mods that you would never have seen before yeah other than now that they getting paid and right. i think it's a shame that we're not going to be able to see what other what people could have come up with with the mm. potential of them earning money right and you know. you know maybe it's not the end of this maybe it'll come back in some other form or maybe, I think they'll, it'll maybe they'll try it for the next, the next fallout game. game or something who knows yeah i think in in their next game which is probably fallout 4 when that yeah. launches i think it will launch with a paid mm -hmm. version of some right. kind possibly right. with a pay what you what you feel right um, it seems it to me like i think it'd be something yeah, it seems to me like the blended model type thing. I mean, you know, dude, Martin Luther King said the the best way forward is not the thesis of capitalism or the antithesis of communism, but a higher synthesis of both. And it seems to me like, yeah, with the humble indie bundle and other methods, you know, we've found ways to do sort of balancing acts between giving consumers what they want and what in some ways they rightly expect, leaving aside what they, you know, unjustifiably expect because they're entitled um, mm. with the needs of, you know, people who make this stuff and they got to eat and they deserve, you know, restitution for their hard work beyond just, this is awesome, way to go, dude. Yeah, and that, that's it. Some people, it's not like money rules the world or whatever in their minds, but some right. people just need that little extra something and this allowed them to do oh, that, sure. something that's never been allowed before. You've never been able to make money. Yeah. You can accept donations, but in a very low-key, you can't ask for them type of way. And let's be honest, how many of us are going to even do that? I mean, even for programs on the computer, a lot of times it's shareware and you're just like, whatever. I mean, look at how many people pirate music and movies. I mean, it's not as though we have this... Again, there's this mythology that exists among a lot of people that like, well, you know what? It's okay if I copy this music or this movie because though they those people made plenty of money. And there's this assumption that the people who make the art, you know, even musicians, like, oh, they're doing fine. But I heard something about, like, Pharrell did that happy song. And I heard that that was, like, the most played song ever on Spotify and whatever. And, like, mm. he got, like, maybe $20,000 for it or something. Like, it was ridiculous the amount of money he got compared to how popular that song was and how much wealth other people made. That's the other thing. You know, somebody's making money off of this stuff. Not necessarily mods right now, but, you know, in a lot of the world that we look at, there's money being made. It's just that the people who really create the wealth tend not to make most of that money. Yeah, definitely. And so, I think with the... um. With the Skyrim mod stuff, it was very dangerous because I think as soon as it launched, people were putting the paid-only mods onto torrent sites. Mm, interesting. They were they were already available for piracy wow. download. Yikes! As soon as it launched. Yeah, and but, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's hard to figure out how to get around that, especially if you're not going to do DRM on them. Yeah, it's this is one of those things I think that I'm glad Bethesda tried it because it got the. You know, sort of open their eyes to some possibilities and some things yeah. that they can and can't do. And right. I think it allowed them to gauge the interest because, I, like I said, I predict that this is going to be something that will be in the next Bethesda game that they release. Mm -hmm. 
It may even not even it may even not be a Bethesda Softworks game. It could be the next Doom or right, whatever, and right. you know a, a Bethesda game. Sure. Yeah. Well, we're coming up on an hour here. Um, was there anything else you wanted to talk about? Any other elements of this discussion, or anything else in the Skyrim universe that you wanted to go over? Just that, just that people just need to stop being dickheads. And... <laughs> a good rule of thumb for all contexts. Yeah, just don't be dickheads. Like death threats, unnecessary. Were there death unnecessary. threats to people involved here? To the modders, yeah. Oh my they god! To, one of them had to go 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 uh, off the grid. See, I, I shouldn't be naive because I, I mean, obviously that's been something like a hallmark of the Gamergate controversy, but it just makes me so sad whenever that happens because, you know, the people who do it, in a lot of cases, I think they're probably just, they think they're being cute, they think they're being, you know, edgy, but they're just, you know, the person on the receiving end has no idea, you can't tell when to dismiss it as someone being, you know, obnoxious and when to take it seriously, your life is in danger, so like... God, people, come on! Yeah, and I, I feel I've, a lot of it came from the Steam community as well. Yeah, which I think they're just a bunch of animals over there. To be honest, mm. I've not really interacted much with the Steam community. Yeah, I don't think I have. I mean, you know, Russian people trying to get me to trade things, quote unquote trade, and then it's a Trojan horse for messing up my <laughs> yeah <laughs> my Steam account Pretty or much. whatever. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, so. lasting thoughts. I think I think I, I I respect the modders that tried it. Yeah. They put themselves out on the line. Right. They were kind of left to out to dry mm. by the powers that be. At especially the end of if they said, right, especially if they said, okay, look, we want you to be part of this experiment. And then, you know, people, again, maybe in some cases they said, okay, look, you know, I'm going to scale back my hours at work, but it'll pay off because I'll get some money for this mod. And then if Bethesda pulls the plug after, what, three days, then yeah. they lose they get, any they chance to get money off of that. The modders found out it happened when we did. Yeah. Right. They didn't. They got no forewarning, and the, right. there was no protection. Not that you can protect people from the internet, but basically, no one had their back. Right. And if Bethesda is going to say, "Okay, look, let's all hold hands with Valve and jump," and then at the last minute they go, "Oh, well, you know what? No." Well, Bethesda's not hurting as bad as those individuals, probably. Yeah, and that's the thing. Bethesda have to go off the grid. Beth, you know, right. the website's still up. Their Twitter's still up. Some some guys did have to come off completely. And there's some people. There's a couple of modders that. Not only modders that were in the pay in the pay scheme, but modders that were had an opinion on it either way. Mm. They have just left the community because oh, of this. That sucks. We are now, as a community, I think with the attitude that people have had and the disgusting behavior a lot of mm. people have seen and witnessed, mm -hmm. as a as a community, we are actually, in my opinion, worse off than we were when we went in. See, we, this is this wasn't a victory. We've not come out better. We've actually right. lost. Right. And that's sad because I think a lot of people will see it as like, yeah, we stood up for what's right and rah, rah, rah. And again, as I said, for, for, for that to be the attitude of people who believe that they're standing up for developers, for, them, for us to then tell you, look, people, developers have left. There's a sour taste in people's mouths. There was never an honest question about, well, how could this, how might this be good for developers? That's an important thing that people, again, ought to keep their minds open to and not assume they know everything. Yeah, definitely. So. definitely. Well, um, we should end it there because, like I said, we're about an hour in, and I think that's a good target length for us. So, yeah, that's um, perfect. As always, people, um, if you want to get in touch, feedback about this or any other topic related to Skyrim or video games in general, uh, Rich is on the Overseas Connection on a regular basis, and I'm on the Veteran Gamers. So uh, G4TE.com is their website. VeteranGamers.co.uk is our website. And, uh, yeah, be in touch, and you can get in touch with me on, uh, well, Steam is Dukesgath. Uh, Twitter is at Dukesgath, and um, email is duke at veterangamers.co.uk. Rich, how can people get in touch with you? Uh, they can reach me on Twitter or Steam or the Skyrim Nexus or the Skyrim forums. Uh, Big Bad Daddy with a one for an I because, um, you know, I'm from the 90s. It's, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you can, you know, more than welcome to message me. People were actually coming to me, Duke. I was quite – I don't know what, how you how you describe it, but people were coming up to me saying um, – asking me my opinion on Twitter and yeah. on the forums and stuff, like messaging me. And some guy even pulled a load of quotes from modders together and huh. quoted my article that I wrote on the, nice. on the subject. 
That's awesome. I think that's I think that's a feather in your cap because I think it's a way of people saying, you know, that's the positive version of what we want to see is not people being closed-minded and people instead saying, you know what, look, I have my own opinion about this, but let me go to someone who is in a different situation than myself and see what they think. It's kind of like when Baltimore started rioting, a lot of news networks went to, okay, we're going to interview the mayor, we'll have the governor on, we'll tell you what the police chief said. Democracy Now! said, we're going to send a guy into Baltimore to the CVS that got burned down and see what people say on the street. And I think that's something that a lot of journalists don't do enough of. So I'm glad to hear they were doing that with you because, you know, it's a good perspective for people to know about. So. Yeah, definitely. And it, it, I'm just glad that, you know, we're, people are fighting back and yeah. trying something new. Like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be doing a Skyrim competition website soon. There you go. You heard it here first, people. Yeah, so competitions. Try and bring some positivity back positivity yeah. back into the community so well that'll be on we'll put it on twitter you never know people might even put it on reddit or whatever people yeah might talk dude about why it. not who knows go for it yeah all right well thank you all for listening and thank you rich as always for uh your awesome mods and if people haven't played hunting in skyrim definitely check it out and uh yeah we will holler at you next time yeah thanks for listening take care all see you